Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Shout out to the bunch of people that are already in here. I am your host, Tommy Ashley. This is Reaction Pod, day one. North Carolina training camp opens. We did not have him on the show Monday night. He was itching to get in. Had to had to give him a good stiff arm, Heisman stiff arm, to keep him out of that one. Jason Buck did not. Well, he did actually have his hourglass with him on Monday night. Um, we have no hourglass tonight, and I'm tired, so you can carry this one completely. <laughs> Welcome in, my friend. It was good seeing you today. Yeah, it's been a while, and uh, it was good to see see you, and also see a lot going on around those uh, practice fields. It's good to good to have football season back. It is, and, and certainly, um, and again, welcome everybody in. It's inside Carolina's reaction. Before we get started here, I want to make sure everybody's checked out all the work by Adam Jeremiah on the front end, Michelle, uh, Ben, Jim Hawkins, the photographs, the the content on the site. Check it out. Um, I guess we've started the stream, so I can stop that. Uh, check out all the content on Inside Carolina. Consider this the uh, the the bow or the cherry on top of the Sunday of a heck of a day of coverage at Inside Carolina of day one of camp. Um, before I start, I, I want to tell a story. Jason Staples is quite fit, as y'all can see, um, and and when you go to practice, there's a big main gate outside the football facility. And it stays locked, but there's a gap underneath it. And it's probably a foot tall. And we were already at practice. Jason was scrambling, trying to get there. And, and you bear crawled under the gate to get into the facility. I'm impressed. Because when I walked out, I was like, they'd have to help me up if I crawled <laughs> under that gate. Once upon a time, I could do it. But, yes, yeah, so just sort of a let's, – let's get into it. That's a good uh, – it cracked me up, to be honest with you, Jason. Let, let's get straight into it. First thing you noticed when you walked up on camp and walked up at practice, what, what were your very first observations when you got there? I think the first thing is that some of the guys on the defensive line and offensive line look a little fitter. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was the most evident thing. Um, I'd say, actually, I mean, the first, the first group that I passed as I was trotting in to go to where we all had to set up for, for this um, was the defensive tackles. And there were three or four of those guys who was like, hmm, he looks pretty good. They, they've, they've, he's done some work this summer and, and some positive changes in terms of body composition and, and how much they weigh and all of that. Some guys looked, looked good and looked like they'd had a strong off season. And that, that was, that was the first thing that stood out to me. This was the best on the hoof Carolina's looked certainly since Max gotten back. And I think that goes all the way back through the Fedora era. Uh, I think this is probably the best, the best on the hoof Carolina's looked on the line of scrimmage since, you know, probably 2010, 2009. Yeah. Looking at them, I agree with that. And Mac mentioned it in the uh, post game or the post practice presser that, that it's as good as they've looked. And, um, he wasn't talking about headshots, which I thought was pretty funny. But you're <laughs> right; they they came in and in a in a conversation we had, or 
they they're not carrying a bunch of weight in their bellies. You know, you don't see a bunch of for for old school term, a bunch of beer bellies out there um, anymore. They're they're thick in the middle, um, but they're not. They don't appear to be overly fat in the middle. Now that's not a hundred percent the case that we saw out there. We can talk more about it, but just sort of comment on that aspect of it. Any weight they've gained or shed has been good on both sides of the ball. I think most of it. I mean, most of it. And and a couple of guys. I mean, I I want to I want to single out on that. I mean, I walked in and went, whoa, you know, zero looks really good. And that's Tamari Fox. Yes, and he he's put on since he was out there two years ago. I mean, remember he was suspended last year since he was out there two years ago, he's, he's gotta be up, you know, 12, 15 pounds and it's, it's good weight. It's, you know, around the hips and butt and in the thighs and all that. Uh, he, he was moving around really well with that weight and, and looked significantly bigger than he has. I think he looked North at 290, uh, probably close to 300 pounds. And, you know, if I'd been confident that he would come into this season at, you know, three bills, I'd have had him significantly higher in terms of my overall scouting report. And that's one I may have missed because he, you know, he came in and, and looks like he's ready to handle a bigger load and be able to, to uh, hold up a little bit better against some of the bigger, bigger offensive linemen he's going to face this year. And we all know he's quick and we all know he's got good hands and, you know, he's, he's, he's been a wrestler and, and, and plays with that kind of leverage. He's a good player. He just got pushed around some early in his career because he was undersized. He was playing defensive tackle at 270 pounds. And, you know, that's that's tough in the ACC. And he he doesn't look like he's going to have to do that this year. And that 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 is a significant upgrade on the interior. I mean, they missed him some last year, but if he's if he's going to be playing closer to that weight and with that bulk, that's going to help a lot. Yeah, and he's wearing number 0. So if you're going to wear zero on the line, you better be able to play. And and you're right. He certainly looked the part. I mean, I don't know if he was the most physically imposing defensive lineman. He's close to it. Um, let, let's talk about that position specifically because I think, Carolina, we agree. We, and we can talk about this during this show, and we'll talk about the skill positions for North Carolina are not going to be a problem, especially, you know, on offense. They've got some good skill on defense with defensive backs and linebackers. This season's going to hinge on these lines, period. Um, let's talk about the the nose and the interior defensive line um, because I think that's where you think they can be significantly better this year, um, not just Tamari Fox, but a couple of other guys. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's easy to forget about last year is they came into the year and they thought they had – a couple, they thought they had a few possible difference makers on that defensive line, starting with Miles Murphy, who'd had a good year the year before. And then he got, he had an ankle injury, what, week two, maybe? It's Georgia State. Yep. Uh, so he had that ankle injury then and was never close to 100% the rest of the year. I mean, he got a little bit better after the bye and, you know, had a pretty good bowl game, but he, he struggled last year. He did not have a good year after that uh, after that injury and then you know Ritzy got hurt in camp and was a shell of himself last year I mean he played through injury all last year and also I thought Ritzy was a little overweight last year Ritzy's a guy that that looked very good to my eye in this in this open practice and so much of this I mean this is this is shorts right this is you know t-shirt all Americans you know uh, you know t-shirt and shorts all Americans so 
you know, you got to wait until pads go on, but you kind of know what these guys, what they're, what they're able to do what some of these guys are able to do in pads because you've seen them. I mean, this is an experienced Carolina team. This is not, you all will remember me saying the last few years, Oh, well, you know, they've got, they've, yes, they've signed four and five star talent on the defensive line, but it takes a couple of years for that four and five star talent to really, to really get there. So it might be, you know, a couple of years ago, I'm saying it's way early. They're not going to be really good on the defensive line just because they signed a couple Last year, well, you know, maybe, maybe they make a leap. They didn't, but I kept pointing to this year as, you know, if they're going to have a year where, where you start to see the, the benefits of the recruiting, it's going to be there. It's going to be this year. And that experience you can see physically uh, with some of these guys. And Ritzy looked like he'd slimmed just a little bit, but it was, it, he, he looks imposing, looks like a, uh, a, a guy that, that looks like, you know, the former near five-star that they'd signed. And he's moving better uh, since he's he's gotten healthy, uh, so that that changes you into on the interior, and then you add Fox to that rotation, and that changes you on the interior, and then Travis Shaw has you know significantly improved his overall body composition. He's about what 25, 30 pounds. Yeah, I think I think Max said that he was three seventy five at times last year. Yeah, and he's down to three forty. So that's yeah, that's that thirty five pounds different. So he's lost about as much about as much weight as Mac has. Yep. Yep. So I mean And looks as good. <laughs> that's a significant thing. Now, you know, you and I talked after practice. Some of the things we saw from Shaw in terms of endurance and in terms of uh level of fight in in uh in, in the drills and all that is concerning. I'd like to see more toughness from him uh, and more. You want your five stars to come out and be the guy that plays with the chip on his shoulder. That's what you want. If you've got that, if you've got that five star, you want him to walk out and be that dude. Who's just going to, who's going to bring it every day. And and I've yet to see that from, from Shaw, but Physically on the hoof, he looks like he put a lot of work in, in the, in the off season. So, you know, does he take that step forward in terms of, of the intensity and the, in the, you know, coming to work every play that he needs to, I don't know, but even if he doesn't, my, my case is that, you know, you're going to, I think as long as you can stay a little healthier, you're going to get a better miles Murphy, definitely a better Ritzy. And, and then you add, a heavier Fox and you, your, your rotation on the interior looks a lot better than it has the last couple of years. And, and I think those bodies all stood out significantly when, when we were out there. Yeah, I think for sure. He's, he's certainly, and, and the reason you look at him, he's got all the tools to be like you've said before, a very high NFL draft pick. He needs to put it all together, but it also is a mental portion of it. I mean, you can't let, little nagging injuries bother you, little minor bumps and bruises bother you. It seems like there are, there are times where you're, you're right. His complete and utter focus is not there on that for whatever reason. Something takes him off of it. But, yeah, I, I think for me, walking out there, you can tell – a lot of people always say, you know, you know how people are when they – what they do in the dark or whatever. Well, when <laughs> these guys are in the off season, and then they come into camp in shape and looking better. It tells you they've been working. Now it's going to be up to Tim Cross and Ted Monachino to get them going. Let, let's talk a little bit about what we saw from the, you know, not necessarily super specific, but, uh, but I feel like they are practicing better. 
I'll, I will say it that way. Yeah, I, th- I think it's evident the impact that Monachino has had, for one, uh, in terms of helping make sure that they've identified what they what they really need to work on. And, you know, day one, they were working on some things that they didn't do well last year. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that specifically getting hands to the getting some of the hand uh, hand placement and hand fighting that they need to get so that they can shed some blocks getting hand placement in the proper place immediately off the, uh, off the line of scrimmage. And then, you know, that one of the things that was just absolute music to my ears was there was a pretty good rep from, uh, I think it was Murphy. And I hear Tim cross. He, he comes over immediately at, after that rep and he looks at him and he says from the waist up, it was great. And then immediately started working on, okay, but the feet need to be, you, you, you know, let's work on getting the feet here. And they, you know, redid the, you know, worked on redoing the rep and all of that. That's, that's exactly what they need to be doing. Uh, and some of the stuff that they had in terms of just taking on, you know, and splitting doubles and making sure you're hugging to the double, that's stuff they didn't do well last year. And, and that's stuff that allows you to have, to keep your linebackers clean and to make sure that they can't get the double teams to the guys that they want them to be on. Yep. So, you know, it's stuff like that, that they, and, and, and just working down the line of scrimmage against zone, that sort of thing. It's stuff like that with basic footwork, getting off the ball, getting your hand into, into the proper spots, recognizing, okay, he's putting his hand here and finding the elbow with your offhand. you know, some of these other things that, that I got to see today and, you know, I think you can see some of the impact of Monachino in, in some of that. Uh, and just, I, I saw a decent attention to detail and for a first day. I mean, it's a teaching day more than anything else. The thing, you know, obviously we'll, we'll get to see one more open practice and that one's going to have pads on. And I'm going to have a whole lot more <laughs> attention to detail in terms of how I'm going to watch that practice in the trenches for sure. But, you know, I think, uh, I, I think signs of being improved in the trenches as much as you can take from a day where you're not in pads. Those signs were, I think there on the defensive front, because again, you've got the guys that were dinged up last year. And that includes another guy in the defensive line power, uh, power and Desmond Evans. Des was moving around. Great. You know, there's no indication of, of the injury from last year. So, you know, you add those guys to the defense and then you add some attention to detail and make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do the way that they're supposed to do it after a really good off season where they they're starting to look like veteran players physically. And you got a chance to be not the worst defensive line in the conference. And with those guys, actually, if they play closer to, to what they're capable of, all of a sudden you move from maybe the worst defensive line to, you know, among the five, maybe five best. And, yep. you know, that would be a, a huge, huge change and, and change the, the, the win projection for Carolina pretty significantly. But again, this is this is shorts. We're just judging based on the work that's evident from the offseason and some of the stuff that they were working on today and how those guys are moving around. We'll see a lot more once they're in pads. Yeah, I agree with you. The signs are there. They identified issues. They addressed issues in the off season and they're working on those issues straight out the gate. Uh, and you're right. The, the body's there. Um, somebody asked, uh, let me find the chat. Let me find the chat. Uh, hopefully the defense is tired of 
hearing how bad they are and has a chip on their <laughs> shoulders. Um, I, I can say without question that a lot of them are very tired of hearing about it. And, and Mac said in this postgame press room, folks didn't listen to it, um, he digs Chiswick all the time about it. And, and so there's definitely a sense of I'm tired of hearing about this. Uh, we're going to do something about it. And like I said, and like Jason said, they're, they're, they're at least trending in the right direction on day one in shorts and T-shirts. And, and John Grisham in the chat said, how is the physicality from the team? Again, it's shorts it's and T-shirts. It's absent. They're in shorts. <laughs> yeah, so there, there was some physicality out there, but it's, you know, we will find out more as they get into pads. They have a couple of days in shorts um, and then a couple of days in, pa- in shoulder pads and then there's full pads after the fifth day. Um, but anyway, Jason, let's stick on the defense here um, and sort of move out a little bit. Let's talk about the edge. I thought Rucker and, to a certain extent, Gaynor, uh, those are two imposing guys. Amari Gaynor, I mean, he can play linebacker with that body. He is fast and all. What did you see from Rucker and Gaynor there um, at the jack position? I think. I think this is another position that's got to be effective for North Carolina to have effective defense. Yeah, it does. And and the thing that, that, that thing about this is that you know kind of what you're getting with those two already. They're, again, this the, the good thing about this Carolina team is they've got guys that have played a lot of snaps. Mm-hmm. And with some of those guys, like Rucker and like Amari Gaynor, they've done so with some success in the past. So you kind of know what you're getting from those guys. And, you know, Rucker looks to me like he's he's added a little bit more good weight. Uh, my guess is that he's probably playing close to 270 right now. He'll drop some of that in, in camp, you know, as you as you get out on the field and sweat a little bit and you're lifting a little bit less. But, you know, his power really, you know, they, they were on the they were on the sled a little bit. The one one man sled working on uh, on the one thing you can do physically, you know, with physicality on this and the sound you commented on it, the sound when that guy hits that is different from everybody else. Cause he hits it with so much explosiveness and so much power. And you know, he is who he is. That's what he does. Uh, the, the thing is Amari comes close to that, even though he's about what 30 pounds lighter. And basically what you're going to get from those guys, you, you already know you've got the good physicality, the plus is that that they now have two guys that they think they can that can get to the edge against just about anybody one on one, and you know having a designated edge pass rusher that you you feel can get to the get to the quarterback if you can get him those one on one matchups goes a long way, and you know I I still think that what you're going to see a lot of this year on passing downs is both of those guys on the field at the edge, yeah. so you'll get Rucker on one side and, and Gainer on the other. And you know, go to town against teams that that are going to give you the time to sub on third down, on you know third and long or second and long, that sort of thing, and and that gives you some options because now they're going to have to single block one of them most likely, and you feel like that guy can you should be able to get some pressure, uh, and it's not really about sacks; it's about changing, it's about it's about getting pressure, it's about just generating havoc and making you know quarterbacks get rid of it faster and get rid of it when they're out not comfortable and all of that. And sacks and turnovers result from that, but they got very little pressure last year, and you know that's the thing that they're going to need to get. But the edges look good. I mean, the thing is, this is a very pretty football team. That's a good way of putting it. They're pretty. I mean, you walk out there, 
And my impression, I've seen a lot of really good football teams up front, you know, up close. I mean, I've covered national championship games, national, you know, national uh, semifinals, that sort of thing. I've been in practice of those teams. I've been in multiple practices with, uh, with, you know, Clemson's national title teams. I've seen all those teams up close. You know, I played with some guys that were pretty good back, you know, when, when, you know, my team in, in those years was, was, you know, had, had that kind of athlete. This team, if you walked in and you just looked at them in shorts, you go, this should be a top 10 team. They're pretty. They really are. They're, there's some, there's some pretty boys out there. Question is, are they going to be able, are, is the physicality going to come and are they going to be able to actually uh, do, are they, are they going to be something other than looks like Tarzan plays like Jane? Cause you got a, a lot of guys out there that look like Tarzan. You know, there's, there's some guys, there's some guys that look like they, they're, they're, you know, NFL caliber bodies, but you just haven't seen the production yet. And that's the real question. And you can't get a feel for that yet in, in shorts and, and, and shirts. But what you can get a feel for is they look even more like NFL guys now, some of these guys. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, on the defensive line, and, you know, this is something when Mac first got, got to, uh, to Chapel Hill for the second time, one of, the, uh, one of the things that was evident, I mean, he and, he and I were walking behind the, the, the team at one point and I made the comment to him. I was like, well, you guys got, you got everything, but the, but the trenches, you got no defensive, you got no defensive tackles on this roster outside the first two. He said, give us about four years. So yeah, we don't, we don't have them, but give us about four years. That's the biggest thing we got to upgrade. We just don't, you know, they can't, we can't compete in the trenches there. He admitted, you know, he, that was the first thing he recognized in his self scout when he got here, got none of those Clemson, you know, Alabama, Georgia boys that on the, on the defensive line, guys that can compete with those guys. And if you walked into practice today and you just saw him in shorts, you go, I mean, that's not Georgia. It's not quite Clemson. You know, you're not, you're not quite, quite there, but it's not miles away in terms of the, of the body types that you're seeing. You know, you're pretty, you're pretty close to the same, same level of bodies. So it's a pretty team. But in shorts, we'll see what happens once you get off the bus, get your pads on and, and have to actually, you know, get get hit in the mouth. That's the real question. 100% the question. We're talking with Jason Staples. This is reaction day one UNC training camp opened at the facility in Chapel Hill. Jason and I, uh, two of a plethora plethora of inside <laughs> carolina i don't know where that came from uh, inside carolina coverage so yeah like i said earlier in the chat check it all out on the site jason uh i don't think we need to spend a ton of time on the linebacker especially not said gray power echoes there echoes has got some things to work on i do want to to mention cheeks and amari campbell i, I think those are your state if they stay healthy those are the backups and, yep. and uh i think both of those guys can can be really good and will be really good to Max's point on, on depth after the thing is, can they play at a starter level? So there's not a significant drop off. Um, that'll be the, the question about linebackers. So we'll talk more about linebackers later. Yeah. There's just not much to get from a linebacker position in a shorts practice. And so I didn't yeah. even really watch them. It's like, exactly. what am I going to watch? I'm going to watch how, how well they, you know, 
do uh you know foot chopping drills and these sorts of things so so let's talk about the guy the guy that we think stood out the most in in, in camp today and it's a guy you've talked about a ton elijah huzzy um you pointed and i was paying attention but you pointed out and said just watch him they don't even look his direction in practice and they did a little bit later what'd you see from him because you can get a sense in defensive backs and wide receivers who's going to be good in shorts and t-shirts i, I thought huzzy I mean, he could be a, diff a a big, big difference maker for this team. Yeah, he he that guy is he, he every time I've seen him play and and you know live every time I've seen him out there, he's only confirmed my initial impressions of him, which was this is an NFL guy. And you know, there are a couple things that just stand out about him, and and one of them is he's just so in balance and. Uh, under control all the time. He never, he never looks like he's, he's laboring in coverage, which tells you, first of all, the guy can run. I mean, run, run. Cause you know, you start to panic as a defensive back when a guy runs by you. And there was one play where he was up against Tez and you know, he's in position to good, you know, good coverage on a vertical. And then Tez just started to pull away and the ball was already gone to the other side by that point. It was one of those like, yeah, Tez is real fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tez is really, really fast. Different but, fast. Yeah, that's different fast. But, you know, and even there, he didn't look panicked. He was still staying in position. And, you know, if that ball had come, he probably ends up punching through the hands and, you know, getting a breakup. But you see him just so at ease and in balance. And he's never, you know, outside his frame in terms of where his where his feet are. Uh, and you know, he's just, he runs routes for guys, you know, the guys run, you know, guy runs a curl route and he runs the curl route with the guy at the same time he's running it. And, uh, you know, I think he can be a really, really good player thing. Actually, that the other thing that stood out to me is he was, he was with the punt returners today and he might've been the most impressive guy catching it. I mean, he made it, he made one catch on a dead, dead run about probably 25 yards from where, you know, he had set up as a punt returner. It was kind of pushed to the punter's right, kind of went off the side of the foot a little bit, and he just took off and caught it around his knees, and it made it look easy. I mean, the, the guy's uh, hand-eye coordination is, is filthy. I mean, and you know, his ability to catch punts, and you barely hear it hit his hands. Uh, very soft hands, very impressive, you know, center fielder-ish in terms of, you know, that hand-eye coordination that, yeah, really impressive in, in both respects. But I, I think that guy, if he can stay healthy, really changes the defense for Carolina because you can you feel like you can you can put him in different spots and neutralize guys. And he moved around. I mean, he, he was not just at one side or the other, outside, inside. They, they did a lot with him based on, on some things that they did defensively, uh, which we won't get too much into, but, you know, his versatility is also going to help a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said to you at practice, if, if he can take away that third of that field, that changes the entire game for this North Carolina team. You got the other guys back there. Biggers, Don Chapman were um, the primary safety. Stick Lane was out there a fair amount. Stick's a little fella. Um, he's small. And he struggled a couple times, but I think he, he, he'll be a player for North Carolina. Will Hardy, of course, was on the was out with a lower body um, that Max said afterwards that he should be ready for South Carolina. And they know what they have. I do like the point of 
you know, instead of fretting over who's out, it gives you guys opportunities to play. And and who else on the defensive backfield, Jason, before we flip it over and, and take our mid-ad read break, who else in that defensive backfield stood out for you? Um, I thought Derek Allen looked a little better than I thought he would look. Um, but, of course, my eye is untrained. Yeah, it's hard to get much from safety position in, in this kind of day because he's not doing – He's not doing a whole lot in terms of run fits. So a uh, little, little harder to tell there on the safeties. I was watching more of the corners because you can get a little bit more out of that for, for shorts practices. Uh, and I thought Marcus Allen looked like he had a good summer uh, and looks like he should be a solid player. I mean, they matched him up with Tez a good bit and, you know, he held his own. So, you know, that's solid. That's a, that's a good thing. If he can hold his own with Tez, he's not going to have a whole, his hands – much more full with anybody else in the ACC. So, um, you know, that was, that was, that was a positive. I think they've got the, they've got two corners. They can feel comfortable about the guy that surprised me was Tayon Holloway. Yeah. 20. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, there's one point where I was uh, standing next to Greg Barnes and I'm like, who's 20. And we, we both had to look it up. <laughs> it's like, yep. you know, looking at our, looking on our phones for a second. Like, oh, that's Holloway. And the reason I was asking is like, he, he moves really well. Like he's really fluid. I mean, he's, he, you can see he's not quite as experienced as, as, as Allen, but very similar body type and, you know, fluidity level to Allen. I mean, very almost interchangeable there. Allen's a little longer uh, and you can see the experience difference a little bit, but I think Holloway may, may jump into the, into the third corner role. He, he showed today he's, he's in contention to be in the third corner role. I think it's, him and uh, legend Cavazos kind of battling for that third corner role as much as anybody. And, and, you know, Armani Chapman has his work cut out just to get on the field and transfer from Virginia tech. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure he's going to play all that much this year. If Holloway looks anything in pads, like he did first day in, in shorts. So, you know, I think they, they should feel like they, they could have four corners that they could trust coming into the year. And that's that's really good. I, you know, you, I think generally speaking, you hope to have three that you could that you really like, and maybe a fourth that you can trust. And I think they may be there. But uh, but I thought I thought Holloway Holloway may be, may have been the biggest surprise of the entire the, the two probably biggest surprises of the entire day to me were Holloway and Tamari Fox. Those were both very positive surprises, and and I thought both players looked better than I expected. Yeah, the key is going to be staying healthy on that defensive side. They, they're they working on depth, to Jason's point earlier in the show. The depth is not there um, that they need, um, but they've got some talent on the defensive side for sure. Uh, I see it. I can't even get into it. You know me. I'll have 12-0. and 0. We'll do a show in a couple <laughs> weeks, and I'll be saying 12-0. and 0. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it again. But anyway, I, I – I've got a bunch of questions over here. I'm going to get to those at the end of the show, but I'm going to take a second to talk about Johnny T-shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Mm. Always Woo. do it. Always do it because it's imperative you guys support them. They are alumni-owned and operated. They're right on Franklin Street. If you're in town for the Eric Church concert tomorrow, go to Johnny T-shirt. Uh, go to Topo, do all that stuff, but hit up Johnny T-shirt, support them. If you're not in town ahead of season, get all your gear there for the football season johnnytshirt.com the 10% of course I mean we've already talked about why you should be a premium member on inside Carolina um, you know and then they give you 10% I mean everybody should like free money that's Jason Staples I'm Tommy Ash we'll be right back reaction training camp day one at inside Carolina
All right, Jason, uh, let's switch over to the offense. Uh, and like I said, I'll get the questions. There's some defensive questions in there. I'll get to them at the end of the chat. But on offense, I said it earlier, this team's skill positions are not a problem. I mean, the receiving <laughs> core, everybody wants to talk about Andre Green, and, and Andre Green can play. I don't know how much Andre Green's going to play, given what they have in front of him. What do you see overall offensively um, today? Well, I mean, I think you just said about half of it, which is uh, as expected with the with the skill guys on the offensive side. I mean, you know you got Drake May, so, you know, Drake's going to be Drake. We don't even need to talk about Drake. <laughs> but Even though why- we can debate the throw. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. So there's a, there's a long throw down the sideline uh, to uh, Kobe Pesor, and May – airmailed it by about half a yard more than he should have just a little off a little too far and tommy is absolutely convinced that pacer's got to catch that that pacer's got to catch that you got to come down with that now my my view is if it only touches your fingertips and you're outstretched and you know it doesn't even touch the the second metacarpal there you gotta dive it it's it's just not, it's not, not one that you necessarily expect a guy to get, you know, that's one maybe in pads, a guy lays out for that and might get it. But the coaches are going to tell guys you don't lay out today. And I tell you, and and you dig me at the press conference afterwards because Max said Drake airmailed Kobe (laughs) on one. And I feel somebody nudge me in the back and they're like, told you, told you. (laughs) <laughs> got to catch it. Got to catch it. Yeah. Somebody in the chat did ask about Drake, the footwork. Uh, they were doing a lot of footwork drills there. Just briefly to tell. touch on that. Too early to tell. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in terms of, you know, basic fundamentals, the, the, the footwork is different because they're not doing the uh, backpedal out that, that Phil Longo swears by. Uh, you know, and Longo's big thing is if you backpedal out and you keep that left shoulder more open – then you should be able to throw better to the left side than if you do more of a traditional crossover drop and then you have to turn and, you know, kind of pull that pull through there. You're from a more closed position. So you end up throwing maybe better to the right side, but not as well to the left. And, and he's got a case there. I mean, statistically speaking, he's got a case and you can see Drake is doing more traditional footwork just in terms of how they're working it and all of that. But you know, this is a situation where in shorts, you don't even have a lot. It's not that you don't have live rounds flying. You know, you don't even have the gun off safety yet. Right. I mean, it's just, it's not managers putting their hands up. Yeah. Simulating pass rush. Yeah. I mean, this is like watching a, a pro day at that point. And, you know, yeah, you're going to look fine there. What I want to see is what happens when, you're in pads. And even if he's in a, you know, a different color Jersey and nobody can touch him, what happens when the pockets a little bit muddy and he has to, to step and find the right spot and glide or slide to the right spot and keep his feet under him. Is he keeping all, you know, is he keeping all of his cleats in the ground? Is he ready to throw at all, at all those points? Or is he starting to bounce like he's done in the past? Is he getting too high in the pocket, standing too tall and not down into his cleats? That's stuff that, you know, we'll be able to see a little bit more once he's in pads, but it's hard. It, it's, you can't assess that in, in shorts at this stage. You can, you can drill it. 
and you can keep working it. And they did, they have been, <laughs> but I've known that they've been doing those drills since, since the spring. So, and he did them all summer. So you hope that he's, that that has taken that that's muscle memory at this point, but you just can't really know until, you know, you at least have rubber bullets going once a, once a guy's, you know, once you get the pads on and there's pocket breakdown and guys can, you know, tap you in the pocket and that sort of thing. But, you know, you can't really know. Yeah. And then as far as backups, certainly Connor Harrell was out there, you know, he, he looked shaky at times. Um, he definitely can move, move his feet. You mentioned Russell Tabor, Tabor, um, a walk on from Charlotte school. Yeah. He um, surprised me with how the ball came off his hand. I had to look him up. I was like, who is that? He he's aside from, from Drake, the ball came off his hand better than anybody else's today. Yeah. And and, then you got Boaz and Tad Hudson out there as well. So quarterback's going to be good. Um, I, I think they'll be pretty good. Stay healthy. They'll be pretty good. What else, Jason, skill position wise, I thought receivers, um, Tez, Nate McCullough might be shocked, absolutely shocked if they don't both start. Um, that leaves Kobe so would everybody out. else around the Carolina program. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, JJ Jones made some plays. Of course, JJ was on our players' lounge earlier today. If you hadn't checked that out, JJ had a really tough catch, one really tough catch. I mean, one of those with the guy draped on him, concentration catch. And uh, I think that might have been Huzzy on him, actually. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. It was a little in, little, little, yeah, a little, uh, I think it was a five yard in. I don't know if it's a five yard in or a called slant, but you know, Huzzy shut it down. So there's only like a four yard gain. Uh, but it's one where that would have been a real easy ball to drop. Uh, one thing I did see from the, from the, from the skill guys is I, I really liked one of the drills that I saw Galloway doing with those guys, which was he hooked a, a towel over the, the biceps of those guys of, of them while they're while, uh, while a guy's standing there playing, playing catch uh, hook the towel over the biceps. And then as the ball's on the way, he would jerk the, the towel with different levels of force to kind of pull the guy's hand apart. So it's, you know, mimicking the kind of pull that you get from defensive backs as the ball's coming. And, uh, and that forces you to power through it without your hands getting hard. So, you know, you're still, you have to focus on catching with soft hands and catching with the hands while the, uh, while, while you're, while, while someone's kind of pulling on you and you're distracted by that. That's a really good drill. I, I I liked that. I saw the saw you know a bunch of those guys doing that uh, that drill with him, and uh, and I think that's the sort of it's hard to teach, hard to improve catching. You know, a lot of catching is just reps and you know going out there with the jugs gun and the receivers were uh, were you know they spent 30, 30 or forty five minutes with the jugs gun afterwards. I mean, they were still going. We, there was a long that was a long press conference from Mac today, uh, and uh, the receivers were still on the jugs gun when he finished. So yep. you know, that tells you something. Actually, you heard me laugh for a second. I don't know if you know, knew why I had, I, I kind of laughed, put my hand over my mouth and walked away for a second from that group. The reason I did is I don't know who it was, but one of the receivers, uh, they were, uh, they, they'd had the, the jugs guns turned up to max. So they were spitting the ball out at, at max. And just like every team, I mean, we used to do this back when, you know, when I was at Florida state, you see how close you can get to it while still catching it. <sighs> And one of those guys, the ball came out and just drilled him in the helmet. And he went down like a sniper had shot him. And I just lost it because <laughs> it, it, it was hilarious. But those guys putting in the work to, to do that and spending the extra 30, 40 minutes. Uh, and, you know, the running backs that were out there with Drake May, 45 minutes after the practice, working on, on catching over the shoulder, doing some stuff up the sideline and working on some things just to make sure they're getting their hands on the football. 
that was all positive. I mean, that's the stuff you have to have to be, uh, to be good is for those guys to stay after and do that sort of thing. But, um, but I think receiver wise to bring this full, full circle, they've got six guys that I think, and Max said in the press conference, we need to have six. We need to have six that are basically starters. And I think they've got six. I, I think there's going to be some competition to see who those six are for sure. But I think they've got six. Uh, they might have seven. And again, I think Walker and McCollum are your, are your, your, your main guys, but you're going to get, you're going to get some positives from, from uh Pesor is, is definitely going to play. Blackwell was out there with the ones a good bit. JJ Jones was out there with the ones a good bit. Andre green was out there with the ones a good bit. So, I mean, that gives you your six right there. And, you know, you feel pretty comfortable with that running that running those guys out there in different spots. And they didn't all line up in the same spot all the time. I mean, McCollum was outside some and, uh, you know, they did some things with personnel that they've not done the last couple of years that I think will be really interesting. We're not going to get into that, but some of the things that they did with, with uh, personnel groupings and all of that, I think will have a chance of maximizing some of what their skill sets are. So um, some positive things there. And, and again, the biggest thing that you can see is McCollum, I think is as advertised. He he's going to have a huge year in the slot. I think he's going to be a yards after catch guy and, and, you know, should fill, Josh Downs shoes really well. Folks forget Josh Downs was not healthy last year. He got hurt in game one and he was never healthy the rest of the year, not fully. And, you know, McCollum, McCollum's going to be able to step in and fill those shoes much, much more than I think a lot of people expect. And then Walker, you know, he had the one long touchdown that we saw and, you know, that was just a run and hide. There's just nobody else in the field as fast as him. So um, they're this team skill wise, you look at their receivers, you look at the tight ends, tight ends, you have some concerns about physicality blocking. Uh, but in terms of pass catching and all of that, this is a top two or three team in the ACC. And and I think that I think that's very evident. And then you got the best quarterback of the ACC throwing to him. So, yeah, I mean, no surprises there. A lot of good stuff there. As far as somebody mentioned Doc Chapman, he'll play. Um, he got some run in practice today. And you mentioned the tight ends and – um, I was talking to Greg Barnes, and we were talking about Freddie Kitchens. And Max said after the game, after after the practice, that Freddie has told his guys, "You're not going to play if you don't block." And so that'll be an interesting take. As far as the tight ends, they rotated through. I mean, I, I you know there may be a starter, quote unquote starter, but I think uh, that'll be rotated through a lot. The running backs are another area is tough to tell in shorts. Obviously, Omarion Hampton will win every shorts and t-shirt uh olympics i don't know Bro- uh, you know i i think uh i think uh british, british brooks, brooks is- gives him gives him a run i mean british is actually i think thicker mm. and you know yeah he's i i i bet you if you put those guys on the scale british is about five ten, maybe even 10 pounds heavier we might have to bet on that one we'll, we'll see I'll, I'll, I'll put five on it I got next, five on it. <laughs> next, uh, next open practice. I'm about all I can spare, like but I got five on it. Well, both guys look in ridiculous shape, uh, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see who's who comes out of that running back room. There's really not even much reason for us to talk about it because you can't tell. Got to, yeah, you can't tell, and they got to stay healthy. Some guys My- look really, really good running through holes with you know against defensive defense and shorts today, but you know. <laughs> and so, you know, that that's an interesting take. Slagle got it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I got it. I just wasn't going to give you any flowers for it. Um, <laughs> Because the lyrics on that song are probably not safe for this podcast. The total no. lyrics. Um, One of the best beats of all time, though. Uh, let me ask you about the offensive line. Everybody wants to know about it. I thought some of the, the tactics and trainings that Randy Clements used were interesting. Greg Barnes talked about it, a couple of them. What you see there? I thought for the most part, for the overwhelming most part, they, they looked fitter and in shape and better physically. Your take. For the most part, <laughs> for the most part, uh, I still have some concerns up front. I, I, I do. Um, you know, I think you know what you've got in, in Roland. I think he's going to be a solid player. You know what you got in Gainer. He's he's he is a solid player. <laughs> Barnes moved better than you know I thought he might. I mean, I I, I focused on him some when he, when they went to team period just because. As a, in shorts, you're going to see some of the edge guys try to try to basically beat him with speed. How well is he going to move? How well is he going to set with his, you know, with his pad square? You know, some of those things. And he looked fine. I mean, fundamentally he looked fine and looked like he moved quickly enough to be able to handle the left side. If that carries over into, into pads, then you feel pretty good about three of your five. And then you deal. Then you got to really make sure that those guard positions are are established. Uh, and you know, Montalus has been okay in the past. He's been decent. Didn't have a good year last year. He looks looks fit right now. Can he put it together for his final year? Maybe. I've got some questions about Adorno. Adorno was the was the 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 starter at the right guard position consistently. He's got some work to prove to me that that he's going to be able to handle that consistently at the you know at above say the average level in the ACC. You've got you know Lampkin. Lampkin looks so small. He just he's just really small. But man, does he move well? <laughs> uh, he's nasty, nasty. He's got the best feet on the on the offensive line of the whole group. Lampkin's feet stood out, but he's just so small. So. And then you've got, you know, the one guy that to me is was the most disappointing guy to to look at out there, and that's that's 55. I mean, you got a former five-star offensive tackle recruit who, to my eye, doesn't look like he's anywhere close to being in the depth chart or anywhere close to being in a position to contend for playing time at guard. And that's Zach Rice. You know, he, it just doesn't look close to me right now. And, you know, he's one of those guys that does carry some weight around his middle. And, you know, that's concerning to me. You're going to sneeze on me. <laughs> you got to get rid of the cats in the house, man. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I thought I thought Barnes looked good out there. He, he's obviously got some length to him. When you're going up against Cayman Rucker or Amari Gaynor, it can be troublesome at times. Um, you know, I think, like I said to open the show, Jason, and this is why I saved offensive line for last before we get to questions is, this, this is where this game's won and lost for North Carolina, you know, period. And, and you're muted, so before you get started, don't forget to unmute. But if if they can't handle the trenches on both sides of the ball, but as much on the offensive side as the defensive side, then this team is just going to be – they're just going to be. So what did you see today as far as offensive line, from technique, from whatever, 
from Clements and, and the coaching changes um, that that stood out for you? Well, I mean, and don't again, forget, don't forget, teaching. Randy. Randy was at Florida State, so I, you know, I got to see some of what he did down there, and uh, and and get a sense of what he does, you know, as as a coach. So a lot of that's not really that surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what he's going to do with his guys. You know what he's going to emphasize and how he's going to coach them. The, the real question is personnel and how the personnel is going to be able to handle what they're, what they're being asked to do in this offense and, and by their offensive line coach. The plus to me is in, the, the biggest plus is I think both of the young tackles and that's Diego pounds and uh, Trevion green. They physically look close to ready. You know, just in terms of if you look at those guys and you say, okay, could that guy hold up against an ACC schedule? Is he strong enough and quick enough to be able to 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 do to do the job? Does he look like he's got the you know the physicality about him to to do it? Both those guys do to my eye. Now, I think Carolina would prefer that they not have to. Right, I th- I think right now Roland is better right now than Trevion Green at, at right tackle. And it's not especially close. Uh, but Green is a guy that gives you somebody that you feel would be okay if 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 you had to play him, right? And a guy that you f- should feel really good about moving forward. I mean, that's an enormous human being. And watching him do some of the footwork stuff that, that Clements asked those guys to do, I mean, they, they're, they're doing some pass set, backward shuffle and some of those things uh and watching him try to watching him work on keeping his pad level low and all that he does all that pretty darn well for his size and and given his age so i I feel pretty good about him watching him you know still still i think not entirely back from from the uh from the knee injury but close and pounds looks like you know there there are some things I want to see. I'm really he's one he's going to be one of the guys I focus on the most in the pad practices uh, that we get to watch because Pounds is a guy that he moves well enough at that left tackle spot with a big enough body with enough length that if it comes to it and they really feel like they need to have William Barnes at guard in order to have their best five on the field, Pounds might be able to step in and, and be a viable player, maybe. And Matt Again, talked about getting him work against the ones to see if he could hold up. Yeah, and, and I think that's one of those things where, you know, tackle is one, of those, is one of those positions where in some ways there's less to learn right away in terms of some of the mental stuff than at guard, where you're having to pass things off on the interior a little bit more. You know, pass protection at tackle is very much, phys- you know, physical tools and fundamentals. It's an individual, it's, it's like corner, right? It's an individual position where you you're as often as not, you're one-on-one with that guy. And you know, the, what you have to learn to do other than that is how to pass off twists and all of that. And that's the same stuff with, you know, pattern matching at corner, but you know, can you play with the fundamentals at, at that spot? And do you have the, the physical development to be able to, ha- to hold up? If that's yes. And yes, then you can play tackle. You can have a young guy play at tackle. It's harder to play a young guy and have success at guard for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, Pounds is a guy that it, uh, it's going to be interesting. I think both of those tackles are guys that they're going to need to take long looks at 
in the preseason to see like, is it a situation where, you know, you already know William Barnes is a, is a better than average guard in the ACC. He's a good player at guard. Okay. If you move him to left tackle because you need him there, you get worse at guard because he's not there. But if you can get close to the same level of play from pounds or maybe even the same level or even better, depending. Now you, you could potentially move Barnes back to guard and you're better at two positions, right? That's one of the things that, you know, that's why Mac Brown right now is saying we need to get those guys some reps against the ones they need to get. Yep. And, and I think they need to get both of those guys, green and pounds. And I'd like to see them both working on both sides. I think pounds looks more like a left and, and green looks more like a right to me, just in terms of how they move their feet. But I'd want to get them both. I'd want to cross train them both. And I'd want them both to get some reps against the ones because that gives you some flexibility on your offensive line to have those guys closer to ready. And I think they're closer to ready than anybody else, you know, outside of Willie Lampkin and the starters and Lampkin's probably, you know, I think he's got a real good chance of moving into the starting lineup. Uh, you know, you've got your five starters plus Lampkin. And then those other two are the, are the closest to being ready to start you got to get those guys ready. And then that gives you some flexibility in case somebody goes down or in case you just need to shuffle to get your guys a little bit better on the interior. So, so yeah, I, I thought that was a, another positive was just, I think those two guys look like they're like, they're going to be hits in the recruiting game and they're going to develop into good players. Indeed. That is the offense. We can talk about special teams briefly. Ryan Coe looks like he could step in at linebacker. I mean, that's a big fella kicking the football. <laughs> I was I'm surprised. Like that kicker's big. <laughs> You're like, who's that guy? I was like, oh, that's the kicker. Um, and then, you know, they were doing some punting work. We'll see how all that goes. Of course, they've got some experience across the special teams. I think where the special teams comes in is the returners at North Carolina needs to get a little more dynamic in the return game there. Um, Jason, let's take some questions. We're talking with Jason Staples, Inside Carolina expert analyst. Uh, and, you know, coming off of 54 scouting reports and all that work here, now we're talking about actual – Practice, man. We're talking about practice. Talking about practice, man. I'm just going to go down the practice. What are we talking about practice? <laughs> we'll go down the questions oh, I have. Practice, uh, I starred, and a couple of them we hit. Are the O-linemen in shape? That's Preston from Greensboro. We've talked about that. For the most part, they appear to be in shape. Um, so we'll kick that one out. Carolina 93, I still want my screen name back. How did Barnes look at left tackle? We nailed that one. Um, I believe Amari Campbell being on second team is a great sign. Is that right, or is that just bad depth at linebacker? TBD. A, yeah, I was going to say, that's that's a valid question to be answered a little bit later. We'll know a lot more about that after the padded practice. Absolutely. John Grisham, obligatory question about the D-line. We, we talked about that a great length earlier in the show. Appreciate the question. Uh, need an autographed book, Mr. Grisham. I mean, you can even force the signature. I'll still say it's real. Uh, Gilbert... Asked, was there a special teams specialist preview from Jason and Tommy? We did not do a preview. Jason didn't do scout reports. I can say that if Ryan Coe can um, get the towards angle side of it, he's got the leg to go deep for North Carolina in the field goal game. Um, that'll be one thing to watch over the – Sounds like my golf game. 
Yeah, man, I can kill it. I just can't find it. I need a <laughs> geo tracker on my ball. Um, but it makes it interesting. I mean, who wants to walk on pretty grass all day? Yeah. Uh, I do. I do think McCollum changes the punt return game for you, or at least you know Downs is really good as a punt returner last year. McCollum catches it really well, and you know he was a he was a dynamic punt returner for Georgia Tech and a dynamic kick returner. So he's going to almost certainly do both for Carolina this year. And then Huzzy, you know, I watched him catch, like I said, really well. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe if you, you know, want to differentiate between your inside the 20 hands guy that, that, that catches it, maybe put Huzzy back there. And, and I thought, uh, I thought 23, I thought he caught it well. Uh, yeah. Petaway caught it well, returning punts as well. And, you know, I think he's going to be the other kickoff return guy as well with, uh, with McCollum most likely. So you got some dynamic guys that can run. Uh, on on the specialties as well, so I think should should be fine in the return game at least. Yeah, and people say you don't want your best players returning kicks. Well, I remember a certain running back returning one against NC State that um, was probably top five moment in Kenyon Stadium. You got to have top three. Special, you could win absolutely. You can you win games on special teams in the return game. I mean, and North Carolina hasn't been able to do that a lot lately. It'd be interesting. Slagle asked, how different did Travis Shaw look? We talked about that a little bit. He uh, he looks the part. Looked better. <clears throat> looked significantly better. But again, you'd like to see you'd like to see him be able to finish drills without uh, you know going down to a knee quite as often. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, Freeman Matthews, Jason, question: Who have you got to be the best player on defense this season? Huzzy first, uh, I think is I think Huzzy's the best player on defense, and I think uh, Rucker's the next. And then said Gray's got to be up there as well. well. Yeah, actually, I should I should I should change that. So it should be uh, <laughs> just going on the guys I paid attention to today because I already took said Gray for granted. Um, yeah, Huzzy Huzzy first, then said Gray, then then Rucker. Yeah, got got some good talent there again. Said Gray's a be, player. It's going to be. Uh... It's going to be trench warfare. How are we feeling about Barnes on the backside? We talked about that. Um, Randy M says, I think he shines with his physicality against edge rushers and not worrying so much about combo blocks and getting to the second level. You sort of talked about that. I mean, tackles are basically man on man. And, um, you know, left tackle is going to get all the, all the discussion points. But I think TBD again. We'll go that way for, for Barnes out there, but he looks the part for sure. Dwayne Hamlet, who's the most vocal person in the secondary? It's tough to tell um, given our angle. If I had to pick one, I think Don Chapman was pretty vocal out there. I think Biggers was vocal. Huzzy is not a talker, at least not an outward talker. He, he, he talks a little bit to the receivers. Yeah, he's in He's in, <laughs> He's in. in some ears, but it's for your ears only. Um and yeah, it got a little chippy at times. Yeah, I'd say I'd say that's that's the safeties, uh, Geo and 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 Chapman. Those uh, those two, those two were probably the most vocal out there, and they should be. Slagle asked, "Did any freshman catch your eye?" Well, Mari Campbell is a true freshman. Didn't He's really pay attention guy. to the linebackers though. For me, yeah, um, the receivers, Culliver, um, Christian Hamilton, Paul Billups looked good at times. Um, you know, they've just got a skill guy coming in and then a linebacker coming in with what they have in front of them. It's going to be hard for them to see the field. Mac insists that the linebackers have to play. Um, he's employed 
Tommy Thigpen, implored Tommy Thigpen to play those guys. So I think we'll see Amari Campbell out there. I think I, I'd go Amari Campbell, Sebastian Cheeks as a red shirt. But you've got a, you got some talent in the freshman class. Let's say there's. I mean, if you count the if you count the redshirt freshman, then Holloway was by far the guy that that stood out the most. You know, I agree with Holloway. That. Yeah. Um, and he's a guy that if you listen to the players' lounge um, podcast that we did, every one of them mentioned Elijah Huzzy. Every one of them mentioned Elijah Huzzy, but several mentioned Tayon Holloway as a dude. Yeah, he, he's he, he's got NFL potential just on just based on frame and how he moves. I mean, he's he's really smooth and does does a really good job of matching at that position. Um, yeah. I like both of the young ends or, or the young jacks. That is so. That's uh, uh, Thompson and and Harvey, both of them. Uh, I think both of those guys look like you know neither look like they're anywhere close to ready for this year. Uh, but just watching him move and and. And looking at their frames and all that, they, that they've got some promise. And, and I'm a little bit biased too. I, I coached actually uh, with Harvey's head coach for a year, and uh, and he he sang Harvey's praises. He he really thought he was a, a really good player and, and would be a good player. So you know, I'm interested in how those guys do. But I thought both of those guys looked, you know, looked like they've got a chance moving on. That neither is a guy you want playing this year, though. Uh, yes. And I did I did also really like watching that group because of how Rucker and Gaynor were coaching those guys. <laughs> Both of those guys, they were, you know, they would, they would do a drill and then you'd see Gaynor immediately pull the guy over and, and then walk through, you know, this is what we want. This is what we want. And, you know, and, you know, Rucker do the same sort of thing. I mean, those guys, there's some, they're actually, again, that's one of the benefits of having a lot of veterans on the team. You could see some, some player coaching players out there today. And that, that was, that was refreshing to see as well. Cause you don't always see that. And you haven't always seen that uh, at Carolina. Yep, the player-led teams, and you're right. And, and Rucker and Gaynor are, are those two guys. E.C. Keller asks, any returning player didn't see much time last year catch your eye? We hit on a couple. Um, DJ Jones. Jones. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about him a little bit. Um, speak to what you saw, because what I saw is him working on his craft after practice. Um, for almost an hour. Yeah, for a long time. And, and this <laughs> that's a guy that is, is a forgotten guy. Yeah. I think Jason, you think he he could possibly get some time back there. Yeah, I, I was I was surprised. So do, when I was going through my my reports this year, you know, I had a, I had, I discussed it a little bit uh, with some of the other folks on the inside Carolina staff of like, you know, should I do a, a report on on DJ because I like him a lot. You know, athletically, he's one of the best athletes on the team. You know, you don't play running back and have success at running back in the ACC unless you're a good athlete. He's a really good athlete, but you know, he's brand new at that position, right? I mean, you know, and you got what, six guys at safety and only two guys are going to be on the field. Most plays. I mean, you got a couple transfers coming in. I mean, is he, is he just going to get lost in the shuffle having moved there? And then I watched him today and I was like, dang, if that guy's not going to be on the field. Cause he, he was out there. He was the number two guy at the star position. You know, he was rotating in with, uh, with, uh, uh, Boykins. with Boykins and that, that surprised me a little bit, but then, you know, thinking about it, it was like, you know, that, that makes some sense because at the star position, you know, he's a little over 200 pounds, about 205. He becomes, he's, he's kind of like a big star. He's a big star. He's kind of like a Sam backer. 
but he he moves like a safety. I mean, he's a he he actually, uh, I thought matched up against some of the 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 quicker slots a lot better than than I expected, and he's going to push for time at that spot. You know, Boykins played nine hundred plus snaps last year at that spot, and I don't think he's going to get anywhere close to that because Huzzy's going to play at that spot when they need you know when they go to true nickel. Huzzy's coming on and they're going to, they're going to try to take away the pass with Huzzy at, at slot. And they're going to put three true corners on the, on the field, which is something I thought they should have done last year more. They just didn't have the personnel. They didn't have a third corner who was better than Boykins in those situations. They do this year. But the other thing is, I think you're going to see DJ push. He's going to push hard for time at that spot. And he's going to push uh, Boykins. Who's a good player. He's going to push Boykins to, to, you know, maintain that spot because, you know, Jones, Jones is fluid and, and handled his business and coverage and was able to match up well against quickness. And he's got, you know, a little bit bigger frame to be able to handle some of the tight end stuff that, that that's going to get thrown at you at that role. So, yeah, I think that's, that was interesting. And then the, again, spending an hour after practice working on specific techniques and match stuff against slot and tight end roles you know, this is a guy that how many guys when they get passed up at one position, you know, he's no longer getting carries at running back. And it, it's clear that, you know, there's four or five other guys ahead of him on the depth chart, just transfer. And this guy just doesn't, he doesn't transfer. He moves, he moves positions and says, you know what, I've, I, I can be an athlete there and I might have a future there and then works at it. And that he was, he was a revelation today. I, I thought he, I thought he looked like a guy that could play this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And it was, you know, pretty cool to see how much work he was putting in after after the after practice. You know, not everybody was out there. There's a ton of guys that stayed out there, but he was one of the ones that was out doing work. Uh Derek Morrison says, Has anybody ever discussed Don Chapman? Oh, Doc Chapman. We talked about Doc Chapman earlier. Um he's gonna get some run at the slot. He he's got some guys ahead of him, you know. Obviously, especially with McCollum coming in. But I thought he. Yeah, I think good. McCollum and Pacer are going to get the primary reps at the slot, and then you know, really Chapman is really truly a two right now. Absolutely. So appreciate everybody's been on here. So hour and ten minutes in, Jason. But I got a Greg Barnes question. Uh oh. Yeah. So I got to I got to figure it out, and it goes to I think. Um, Cameter asks, what did you see from the new coaches? So this will cover that for you. Appreciate the question from the chat. Greg Barnes says, impact of having someone like Kitchens on the staff, especially for Lindsey, who has spent his entire career at high school at college ball. I mean, I will say this. Kitchens is an old school, no BS, <laughs> get in your you-know-what rear end coach, and I love it. It's why I quit football. <laughs> but I love it as I've gotten older. Uh, Jason, just talk about what you saw from the new coaches and, and and sort of what we can expect from the new coaches. Well, I thought the I thought the corners as a whole looked looked better. Now, how much of that is personnel change versus? you know, better accountability or maybe, you know, some changes in terms of what they're doing a little bit with drills or, or whatever. It's hard to tell because, I mean, you can't give a whole lot of credit to, 
you know, a, a coaching change for Huzzy, <laughs> right? That's just, you went out and found a player. Or actually, his coach at the prior stop contacted Mac Brown and said, hey, you really need to take this guy. <laughs> He's going to be in the portal. You need to take him. You know, so I think it's it's a TBD. It's too early on the on the corner side to really do much. The kitchens thing, I think, is an is is one that we can already talk about what kind of impact that has. Partly because kitchens and and Chip, you know, they've known each other for decades, right? So you know, they've been friends for a very long time, and so the synergy there on offense is going to be really good. Uh, and he is going to bring a he's going to require a physical edge from a position that can hi- kind of help set the physical tone of games. Uh, you know, the, the personnel he's working with there. I mean, you can say all you want that, you know, you won't play for me unless you block. But, you know, that doesn't help if your personnel is not great at blocking just because of who they are or how they're yeah. built or whatever. So. You know, but he's going to hold him accountable. He's going to he's going to try to help instill some toughness to the to the offensive side. That's all well and good. The place where I think he brings the most benefit is as another voice in the offensive game planning room when you start going up against defenses that are really good. Mm-hmm. And so, his run game coordinator too, right? If folks didn't. So this is where you know. It, when when you're playing, when you're coaching in the NFL, coaching in the NFL is different from coaching in college for a lot of reasons. But one of the differences is in the NFL, there's less overall variation in terms of like offensive scheme and all of that. You know, you don't see the, the triple option, you know, you don't see the, the service academies in the NFL, but you do see just unbelievable numbers of wrinkles and little things that change where, you know, you change how you block this just slightly by a half a yard or, you know, you X this and, or instead of, instead of blocking it straight, like you have the last six weeks and all of a sudden, because they lined up expecting this and they came off the ball expecting that. And then you change that one little wrinkle. It's exactly the same play, but you change how you block it with two players. All of a sudden it's a 60 yard touchdown. The NFL is all about finding those tiny little things where it's like, you know, we've been showing it this way all, all year and they like to match up this way against this. But if we do this and we zig when they're expecting the zag, we may get a big play out of it. I think that's one of the places where kitchens having his voice as a former NFL coordinator really matters. And the other thing is in the NFL, the parody the difference between the best team in the NFL and the worst team in the NFL is, is not that big. Right. And week in, week out, especially if you're coaching, you know, in Cleveland where kitchens did week in, week out, you're often, you know, you you tend to coach against teams that are better than you. Right. So you have to find ways of, of finding little advantages. And I think kitchens and, and spending some time with him at the coaching clinic, I got the impression that he's pretty good at that. So, you know, bringing that to the, to the table. And then the other thing, you know, I'm a firm believer that, that one of the things that can really hurt a team is only having one strong or one strong voice in, in a, in a offensive or defensive meeting room. And I've got good reasons for thinking that going all the way back to Florida state days. Uh, Mickey Andrews is a great defensive coordinator. 
But Mickey Andrews was a much better defensive coordinator with Chuck Amato on staff with him. Because Chuck, Chuck drove Mickey crazy and drove some of those coaches on staff crazy because he was the, he was the strong voice who is the contingency guy. But what if they do this? What if they do this? <laughs> right. You need a couple alphas. to and balance it out. He, he was a strong voice that would come in and, and, and force you. Okay. Well, we've got this ready, but then if they do that, we've got to have a plan for that. And the same kind of problem happened with Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher was a better coach as an offensive coach when there were two or three guys in that meeting room who could give it back to him and, you know, be a part of that planning process and Jimbo wouldn't just run him over. But, you know, if you guys ever, if anybody, any of you watched the, um, this is what, two years ago, uh, they had the Texas A&M staff do the, uh, the national championship game, you know, the coaches round table or whatever. It's like two years ago, maybe three years ago. And, it was the Texas A&M coaching staff and Jimbo was the only one from the offense who said a word 90, 98% of the time. And the rest of them were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. Jimbo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's not good for, for, for your offensive meeting room. When a guy comes in and he's like, here's what we're going to do. Okay. Coach. No, you need that other alpha in your, in your room. And ideally you have two more to where you, you, you have some fights about scheme and what you're going to do against this in the meeting room. So you can hash that out so that you come out with one or two more things that you're ready to do. And, you know, you've thrown a couple things out that, that, you know, the, the, the coordinator was planning on doing that it's been determined after the fight that, you know what, this is better than that. And you know what, I'm going to listen to you guys. And Chip is a guy, again, having spent time with him, he's a guy that's going to listen to some of those strong voices in the room. So adding Kitchen's voice to that room, Chip is not threatened by that. So adding that strong voice just means you're going to see a couple more things. And I think that the benefits of that come out when you play against a Clemson or against a South Carolina, teams with, you know, with talent that should challenge you on the offensive side, you know when you're playing against a rival who's going to do some things against you that, you know, make you uncomfortable and have, you know, closer to closer to your talent level or more, you know, in the case of, in the case of Clemson, Clemson's defense is every bit as talented as Carolina's offense. Well, you better have three voices in that room that are all seeing different things and then can bring that together to, uh, to generate more. And I think that's what kitchens brings to the table as much as anything. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. Good place to stop. It's one hour and 16 minutes in. It's been a hell of a show, Jason. Shout out 260 plus folks that have been here for the large majority, if not all of the time, is what it makes Inside Carolina special. Um, check out all the coverage again. I'm going to rehash that. Check out all the coverage on the so website. Many we're not touching. I know. Yeah. I mean, there, there's some questions in there we've talked about. Um, I feel like we about hit everything. Steve Brown said, How did the backups look? That's uh, tough to tell. Harold looked okay. Um, you know, it, we'll get more into that. I promise, folks, all your questions will be answered, at least by us. Football team has to answer their own on September 2nd. But we will be here talking about practice. Next availability, I believe, is next week. There will be some player interviews for a couple of days um, coming up. So stay tuned for all that. Stay tuned for Jason's work on the website. It's here, man. Football season is here. 
it is hard to believe that it is already time for college football. Jason, as always, appreciate it, my man. Always fun.